Welcome to the Fresh RN Podcast. The information contained in this podcast is meant to supplement your existing knowledge and not replace it. Always refer to your state board of nursing, standards of care, and respective institutions' policies to guide your practice. All identifying patient details have been changed to protect their privacy and remain compliant with the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. Thanks, nurses. Stay fresh. You feel weird no, you when feel you go weird. in there. Did you turn into a Ninja Turtle? Immediately. Think about how much more work getting done now that you have a third arm. Abnormality, thank you. I feel like your hair raises. Bad things will happen. So, I had a patient, Dakshita Vidamagamage. <gasps> That's a word. That's a good word. Go team. Go team. Welcome to the Fresh RM Podcast. I am Katie Kleber. Hey guys, my name's Elizabeth Mills. Thank you guys for joining us today. We're talking about diagnostics for new nurses. So we're going to talk about some basic differentiations between some diagnostic studies that are very common and you will most likely see maybe even day one. We're going to talk about x-rays, CTs, MRIs, angio, and nuke med. Yeah. Very common. And we're going to, this can be, um, we're going to kind of keep it con- short and concise. Um, yeah. Not to overbore you. Yeah, because this, this is, is kind a of a dry. boring one. Yeah. 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 We might throw some funny stories in there some more. So let's talk x-ray. It's one of the most common diagnostic studies. We use radiation to view dense objects in the body, like some bones, organs, or tumors. Um, and we can normally detect fractures, dislocations, and some tumors or even infection. Chest x-rays, abdominal x-rays, they can detect things like air, fluid, or edema. Um, sometimes they'll say they want a two-view or one-view, um, you know, Give me a portable chest X-ray, two view, or, or whatever. An, yeah, anterior and um, lateral, or whatever. Yeah, they'll say like, I, d- I want a chest X-ray, but what kind of view do they want? And right. some are portable, where they come to the room and do it, which in the ICU I see more frequently. And then if you're on the floor, typically they can go to an go to the radiology department and get the yeah. X-ray. Keep in mind, it's actually safer that way. Yeah, yeah. Best used for capturing hand puppets. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my X-rays. preference. Right. right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the radiology selfie? Mm-hmm. The radiologist selfie. That's it's brilliant. two people like take in, in an X-ray. Have you seen it? No. Oh, I'll have to no, put it on the show notes so people can see. It. It's kind of funny. But keep in mind, uh, X-ray is radiation. So if you're doing it up in the ICU, you know there's people are being exposed to radiation within a certain amount of distance of yeah. that scan. So it is best if it's done downstairs, and you I think you get a better view anyway. Yeah. But there are a lot of situations where the patient can't travel just for a simple X-ray. So special consideration should definitely be taken if the patient is pregnant, and nurses who are pregnant should keep a really safe distance from portable X-ray machines. So that was yeah, something when absolutely. I was pregnant, I had to like run away from, cause our patients got x-rays after they got an intubation or a breathing tube to make sure it was in the right place. Um, a feeding tube, a central line. There's lots of different reasons patients get x-rays. I think that's pretty, I think I've x-rayed it out. Are we good on x-rays? Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. Let's, let's move on to the CT. All right. Um, I'll chat CTs and then Elizabeth will go a little bit more into MRIs. So CT scans is a computed tomography that uses higher la- levels of radiation to obtain more high quality images of the body. So I have, uh, we in IC, in neuro ICU do or brain CTs, CTs all the time. All the time. And a radiologist told me, and I don't have, I don't have the reference to this. So please don't quote me, but a, a physician told me this, that one CT of the brain, the 
amount of radiation utilized to, to get a brain CT is equivalent to 200 chest x-rays. Mm. Oh my goodness. Lots of, lots of radiation. So it's kind of one of those things that you don't want to just do to do. You want to have a good reason for it because this is, it's a legit amount of radiation that the patient is exposed to. So, um, but you know what? A lot of times it's very necessary right. and it's a wonderful thing to be able to see things. Um, so CT allows um, images from various viewpoints. They take as little as 30 seconds, but can take up to f several minutes, but they're wonderful, especially if you've got patients where you need to see something internally very well, but you, you they're not going to lay flat for a long time. Yeah, they give a better picture of tissue and organs and bones, um, but they, you know, they, they you, the patient runs through a small little tube and it takes, oh, excuse me, multiple slices of, of whatever organ they're looking at. Um, so you can find what the problem is. Yeah. So like they're, um, sorry, higher levels of radiation are, are used. So you got to make sure the patient, um, uh, so pregnant women should not have these done at all unless it's like, uh, like absolute life or, death. life or death situation. And, um, you know, medical staff in the room should not be in the room, should not be in the room. And sometimes, you know, especially if you have a ventilated patient, ideally a ventilated patient getting a CT scan should be on a portable ventilator. Yeah, so that the, that more. yeah. So that the, Radio or the, I'm sorry, not the radiologist. The respiratory therapist isn't in the room bagging the patient, getting exposed to radiation unnecessarily. Um, so that's really, really important aspect of this because of the level of radiation. Um, if they are present and in the room, they have to wear lead barriers. Um, and, and something with CT scans, patients can get something called IV contrast. Yeah. It's something administered through the IV to enable to um, kind of see vessels and things better. They it, it's basically dye. Um, and sometimes they get contrast orally too. Oh yeah, I, they can get it orally. Mention, yeah, can, yeah. And then, to evaluate, um, usually stomach, intestines, get mm -hmm. a good um, picture of what's going on. Yeah, barium. So they'll have to they mix it with some fruity drink, and it. Ugh. Um, but it's very necessary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if the patient is getting contrast, we got to make sure they've had a recent creat recent creatinine level because the dye is metabolized through the kidneys and it can be dangerous for patients who have renal issues. Yeah. Big deal. One time I had a patient that had a um, CT, I can't remember what it was, but they were a diabetic and they were on metformin. And metformin, when it's, you, you have to um, give... Uh, I believe you give a medication before this the CT of with contrast, and then you hold a couple doses of metformin, and then they get IV fluids. I think to flush the kidneys out. To flush it out. Um, so it's important to make sure that that kind of you do not overlook that because that can be something that is easily overlooked if you're a busy nurse and okay, right. my patient's got a CT. Okay, good. I don't need to worry about it. And if you don't think to look at the creatinine, the doctor doesn't think to look at the creatinine, and the CT tech doesn't think to look at the creatinine, you can put someone into kidney failure. Yeah. And it can be very dangerous, the glu or metformin glucophage mm -hmm. um, in contrast. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the physiology, physiology behind it is, but um, it, yeah, it's, it can be toxic to the kidneys together. Absolutely. So that's, those are important things to remember with CTs. I remember when I first started in the neuro ICU, again, Elizabeth was my preceptor and a lot of our patients would get brain, CTs of the brain. And normally a CT is done without contrast in general. And if it's being done with contrast, they will specify that. So, you know, she would say, okay, this patient's going to get a C, uh, CT brain without. 
What? What does that mean? What the heck does that mean, preceptor Elizabeth? So that would mean that they're getting a CT scan of their brain without contrast. Um, if they said, get a CT brain with without, that means I want two scans done. I want one scan done without contrast, and one, and then I want the radiology tech to insert contrast into their IV and take another scan. And a lot of times um, they could be looking at the blood vessels when they do contrast. Or yes. You can have a CT angiography, and we're going to talk a little bit about angio, angiography in a little bit. But um, anyway, that's so, just... Yeah, I think that kind of... Comp- just, you know... Don't if you're pregnant or could be pregnant, you don't really need one unless it's life or death. Nurses, sh- pregnant nurses should not go in a CT room if while the X-ray. Nobody should go into uh, the yeah, CT while it's room going while off. it's going on. But um, you know, just just um, you especially can't go in there if you're a prego. Um, so you want to talk about MRIs? Yeah. And what the difference is too? Um, MRIs are um, it stands for magnetic resonance imaging. MRIs do not use radiation to look at tissues and organs in the body. They use a very powerful magnet. Um, They give great, great imaging studies. Um, High resolution, so you get good pictures of organs, bones, soft tissue, it can you can look at blood vessels with MRIs. Um, I think they do. I mean, they, they do MRIs of heart stuff like that. Um, and the problem is, is I've had patients' families say, "Well, why why didn't we just do an MRI rather than a CT?" MRIs one, they take longer, much longer, <laughs> um, anywhere from. Four 30, 45 minutes to as long as several hours, especially if you're getting an MRI of the spine. Um, and you you have to lay completely still in a very long tube, and the machine is very loud. Very loud. So um, it takes a long time to actually do the test itself. And then if you're moving around, it's you're not going to get good pictures. Um, patients who need this kind of study, a lot of times um, – will get some sedation or sometimes they even have to have anesthesia to lay perfectly still. Cause if you're claustrophobic at all, you won't be able to tolerate mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and the CT scans give us there, that's a quicker test and you know, it, it, you know, so if something major is going on, a CT scan will typically pick up on it. Um, but the thing about an MRI is it's a very, it's a magnet. It's a very powerful, powerful magnet, a big old magnet. Um, so patients who have a pacemaker or metal or um, shrapnel shrapnel in their body, bullets, um, bullets, um, they usually um, are ruled out for an MRI, especially a pacemaker. And uh, the reason is, is it'll kill them if they go in that machine. Yeah, or it can, if it doesn't kill them, it can really, like, it can move bullets in people. Yeah. Um, if someone has a bullet that they've just left in, I had that once where I had a patient that had a bullet in his, I don't remember where it was. I don't know, but it was, it wasn't, they weren't going to take it out. So we couldn't do an MRI. Um, one time I had a patient that had an ankle bracelet on. That couldn't go on the MRI machine. I mean, actually, on the show notes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I yeah. Like and, a house arrest? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, well, this is an interesting situation. Like, he, for real, Jeez. needed the MRI. Like, we, like, they had already done a CT. They needed a more detailed picture, and they wanted a C, an MRI with contrast. Um, yeah. MRIs, the, the 
powerful magnet or the potency of the magnet is measured with Tesla. I don't know, it's something over my head, but the higher the number of Tesla, the more powerful the magnet. Um, so know your, your hospital's MRI machines and their measurement of Tesla or whatever, because I think that can determine whether or not you can even be present um, near the MRI room or go in the MRI, MRI room as a, as a medical professional. Um, it's funny as I've taken as a critical care nurse, we have to go with our patients to MRI right. and to CT. And you know, you get them from the bed to the, the scanner and I go in the room and I've had bobby pins pulled out of my hair. Yeah. Earrings will come out. Earrings fly out of your ears or I've had, um, don't my... take your cell phone or credit cards in there. Oh, you better not do that. You're going to screw up your stuff. And I have my, <laughs> I had my badge on and it got sucked to the scanner. Oh yeah. Or to the, yeah. So I had to, I had to like go in and retrieve it. And then actually <laughs> one time I had a patient, it wasn't my patient. It was another patient and they went down to MRI and the patient was on a ventilator and it was going to be a really long scan. And you can only get the ventilator so close to the MRI. Yeah, they have to have special MRI compatible it's ventilators. More like an alien encounter than it than nursing. <laughs> is. You feel weird no, you when feel you go weird. in there. It's a very it's not I I feel like I'm like, is this what getting ready to be struck by lightning feels like? Because <laughs> I feel like your hair raises. It's oh, like yeah. the 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 positive and negative ions in your body are like what? WTF. The metal. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's... But like, so, so this nurse and her patient were gone for like hours and hours oh, and hours. Dear. It was going to be one of those, uh, an MRI that was only probably going to take an hour. Come to find out someone had accidentally pushed the ventilator slightly <sighs> too close and the ventilator got stuck to the MRI machine. And, and it will fly across the room. Fly, and oxygen take... tanks. Whing! Like, yeah. And you have kill, to, it can kill you. If yeah. If you're in the way. So really bad <laughs> things will happen. And actually, Elizabeth has this in caps in our notes. Bad things will happen. Um, so <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Because, um, you just, and the MRI technicians down there are very knowledgeable in the machines and, um, just make sure you listen to them. Oh yes. Um, yes. And, and, um, they're going to screen that patient before the test is done. So if that patient is not with it, they probably need, you need to know or have a healthcare representative or family member that can be reached um, to help answer those questions because you don't want a patient. And if they're not sure, like if, if a patient said, well, you know, something, I, I might have this metal thing in here, in here or not, but I'm not too sure. They may do like x-rays before they do the MRI to make sure yeah. whatever is in there is compatible. And they're familiar with, you know, some people, um, like the stents, there are certain stents, card, uh, coronary stents now that mm -hmm. are, I don't know, have some issue or potential issue with MRI. So there's, they may not be able to go into one particular MRI machine. There's also open MRIs now, which, um, Oh, that brings up something that I wanted to, um, I don't, um, the, I think um, someone told me that they are being either they're changing pacemaker, pacer make uh, composition. I don't know. So that 
that pacers are going to be compliant with MRIs or something like that. I, I don't know what the whole deal is. Um, but anyway, um, what was your story? Um, if your patient is having an MRI and they're morbidly obese, you have to look and see if they'll fit in the scanner. Right. And I'm like legit. I There is an open MRI that I have had to take patients across the street, not like in, like on the actual street, but like in the walkway over the street to go to the open MRI because they will not physically fit into ours and we need to scan that bad. Yeah. So, and then sometimes they don't actually, my, I have a friend that works in downtown Chicago and they have a regular at a, at a hospital. I'm not going to say the name, but they have a hot, they have their regular MRI, the open MRI. And actually they've had to actually go to the Lincoln park zoos to use that MRI before oh. for patients that are six, 700 pounds but need an MRI. Someone told me that once too. Some, I just talked to someone about they had to go to the, the MRI machine at SeaWorld. Yeah. They had you, a patient that needed an MRI. Yeah, so that's the thing is if you have – sometimes it depends. Like if you're doing a, an MRI at the brain, their whole body doesn't need to go in there. But if – but. Their whole body does go in there. Well, not all the way. Like, I mean, if they're like hips are huge or something like that, but like I've had MRI technicians come up to the unit and measure patients, you know, they'll look at their weight and say, actually, this isn't going to work. We got to figure out what to do. Um, so that's something to keep in mind with MRIs. Um, they'll have the table itself will have a weight limit. And then there's also like the circumference the of <laughs> That's a word. That's a good word. Girth. Good, good usage. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So MRI. Let's move on to actual angiography that's done in, in interventional radiology. All right, guys. Angiography involves visualizing certain vessels in the body, either with the use of a CT scan or special x-ray called... Fluoroscopy. Usually an angiogram in interventional radiology, or called IR, is performed by a radiologist at the bedside. It involves direct visualization of, ves vis uh, direct visualization of vessels by a small catheter placed in the groin that's injected with contrast dye. Typically, patients will have this particular study done in, in interventional radiology to diagnose or possibly treat any abnormally, ab abnormality. abnormality, thank you, that is seen with the vessel, like stenting a narrow carotid artery, placing a filter in the inferior vena, inferior vena cava um, to prevent passage of blood clots to the lungs. That's pretty common. Considerations for these studies, including keeping the patient NPO for at least six hours prior to the study, and often patients are sedated because they could aspirate, and, and that could be a risk. Um, patients also have to lay flat, have the head of bed flat for hours after the study is performed to allow for appropriate hemostasis to be achieved at the puncture site. Um, so the patients will need close monitoring of vitals and um, puncture site post-procedure, as well as the, the extremity distal to where right. the puncture site was. So pedal pulses essentially, um, those kinds of things. Right. Really important, um, to know. So they get, usually they'll get conscious sedation, um, while for the procedure so they can lay still because literally, you know, you have a catheter injected into the artery. You don't want them to move around yeah. and then the artery gets blown. Um, and so we see this in a neuro ICU. We, we, we see these a lot because they do cerebral arteriograms, um, oftentimes in, in, with our neuro patients. Um, and then they, um, but they do arteriograms elsewhere. They're uh, looking at GI bleeds. They may look at the blood vessels in the abdomen to see where potentially the, the bleeding is coming from. Um, 
Um, but you know, they need to be one NPO for at least six hours because they're going to lay flat. They're going to get conscious sedation. You don't want them vomiting during the procedure and aspirating. That's a whole nother issue. Um, and then they need, you know, the close monitoring post-procedure mm-hmm. um, to make sure there's no signs and symptoms of internal bleeding or clotting off of the artery that they accessed. I've had that ha- happen before where um, the femoral artery clotted off. We lost pulses to the feet and we're in big trouble. Yeah, and you can have, you know, oh, what is that? Retroperitoneal bleeds. bleeds. So if the arteries punctured or Yeah, and then you can have like, you know, lower back pain mm-hmm. or you can see a big hematoma. Right. I've seen a patient couple patients with that, I think. And then um, also you can have it where the the site doesn't stop bleeding. Right. Maybe they that, get hemostasis. And then it starts Re-bleeds. bleeding again. So then you do something like you put a fem stop or you put something on it, but you can only leave that on for so long because then you're cutting off blood flow to the foot. So, you know, there's a lot of considerations with the That's why they, patients have to lay flat for that period of time. And they really need to keep whatever extremity they punctured, they should keep that extremity still. So if they went through the right groin, they need to keep the right leg still. Um, that's also the another cardiac catheterization that's essentially what a heart cath is it's an angio of the coronary blood vessels Mm -hmm. um so those same considerations are used when a patient has had a or is is going to have a cardiac cath and and has had a cardiac cath that's what you do to monitor them if it's Um, a femoral approach oh there's also the radial the radial which is it's newer yeah it's a newer thing it's pretty cool because they can go through the radial um Artery. Uh, artery and go to the heart. And then then the patient doesn't have to lay flat. They have a, a wristband that you slowly take air out of until you achieve hemostasis. It's awesome as a bedside nurse because it's a lot easier to do. And then patients like it more because they don't have to lay flat. And I'm not sure about outcomes, but I would think they have better outcomes. I think they do. That's why um, they do them more. Yeah. So those are pretty cool. Um, so that's that's another you know thing to consider too. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about nuclear medicine. Um, uh, nuclear medicine, obviously, it, it sounds weird um, or crazy, but nuke med. Um, what that involves is some kind of radioactive isotope that's either injected through an IV or ingested through the mouth or whatever, and that helps to visualize an organ function. Um, n- Nuclear med scans um, can include um, PET scans, VQ scans. Uh, PET scan is usually used to look at bones throughout the body um, to diagnose like metastatic cancer. Um, VQ scan is another way to diagnose or look at to see if a patient has a pulmonary embolism. Nuclear stress tests involve the heart um, looking to see if possibly there's any cardiac ischemia. And, and you do those if a patient is not able to do the, the cardiac stress test where they're actually on the treadmill. Right, if they so, can't get up and walk around or get up and run or whatever. Yeah, what is that? Or, um, what's the other word for that? Um, Presenting? Chemical what, stress test or something like that? There's chemical stress tests, but then there's the, the nuclear There is a oh, nuclear so a stress test. Okay, yeah. so I don't know. Um. They can also do nuclear med studies to look at gallbladder disease, um, GI disorders uh, such as a GI bleed. It's called a bleeding scan, which I've seen or dealt with a lot. Um, but um, 
You have a nuclear med technologist who will come. These tests often take a long time too. So if you're especially in an ICU and you have to travel with the patient, you need to let your lead or charge nurse know that say, hey, I've got this nuclear med scan ordered because typically the nuclear med, the technologist will come inject the isotope. They have to wait like 30 minutes. Then they go down to nuclear med. They look at the uh, organ under their scan. You have to stay there for a while, come back up. Sometimes you have to go back down again. So it can be several, several hours of testing that you do. Um, so if they're on the floor and they don't need monitoring, your patient's going to be gone probably for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is the, the technologist will inject the isotope um, in most cases. I know Katie has a story to share in a second. But once again, if you are a nurse who is pregnant, you should not probably take care of that patient that day because um, you don't want to be anywhere near uh, radioactive material. Um, anyway, you want to share your story? So I had a patient and I honestly don't remember what the, we had, I had to give him a small amount of, um, nuke med stuff and I had never done it before. I was a new nurse and the patient had a PEG tube and he, and for those of you, a percutaneous, what does PEG stand for? Percutaneous E. Percutaneous endoscopic gastrostomy. Thank you. Good Lord. I like to spell it. Oh, do you? I like to spell tracheostomy. I like to spell endoscopic gastroduodenoscopy, EGD. Oh, nice. I'm trying to think of a better Or an ERCP, which I don't even remember what that stands for, but it's so, it's like a... um, I couldn't begin to even think about spelling any of those. (laughs) Any of the things. Yeah. What is ERCP? I'll think about it. I'll, I'll get tell back my to you. story. You start thinking of ERCP. And there's probably 40 people listening to this that are like, I know exactly what that is. I'm going to tweet to you right now what the ERCP is. So please do. Um, but um, I had a patient and they had a PEG tube. And I had to push um, this nuke med stuff in. And it was a small amount. And I'd never done it before, didn't know anything about it. And so on a peg tube, you know, you got your, I had a Lopez valve on it, which is, I love Lopez valves because, you know, you don't, it takes a step out, you know, it's like a valve as opposed to like Mm -hmm. taking things off and putting them back on. They're wonderful when you have a peg tube. Um, But I had it flipped the wrong way. So I sprayed myself and him with some... Nuke med stuff. Did you turn into a ninja turtle? Immediately. <laughs> did you? Did he just did, immediately turn off the lights and see if you glow? You're glowing. And then I immediately had a craving for pizza. <laughs> um, no, so uh, you know, no. You got some nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Scar picked me Calamonga up from work. And no. <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh, it's not Scar. I said Scar. Splinter. 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 Excuse me. Splinter's the rat. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Shredder's the bad guy. Shredder's the bad guy. And then Scar is from The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So way I, off. Way off, guys. So basically, <laughs> I needed... I, I, I've been sprayed with tube feeding. I don't even know how many times because I forget to flip that thing. Just think about how much more work you're getting done now that you have a third arm. <laughs> <laughs> that 
would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. So yeah, basically when you're giving that medication stuff, and hopefully that's only happened to me once where I ever even had to have anything to do with it. So make sure you're turning your valves the way you need to. Um, What's ERCP? And so for those of you who need to get a consent for an ERCP and you're not allowed to abbreviate, an ERCP is an endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography. Dang girl. Naturally. Naturally. Um, so yeah, keep in mind when you have to get those, those, um, consents, you can't, oh yeah, you, you can't, can't abbreviate, abbreviate. So you got to know how to spell all that stuff. Yes. It's so much fun knowing how to spell that stuff. <laughs> uh, one of my best friends in school was Dakshita Vedanagamage <gasps> and I can spell it. That's awesome. What? Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know. Dakshita. Dakshita And he was one of my good friends. And I enjoyed hanging out with him. Well, um, that wraps up our diagnostic. Thanks for listening to us nurse geeks talk about... ERCP and Ninja Turtles. Stuff that makes us happy. Yes. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening. Check out uh, freshrn.com slash podcast. Maybe I'll put a... Uh, picture of a ventilator that got stuck to an MRI machine. Oh, someone just sent me one the other day. Someone posted it on Send it to me and I will go ahead and put it on our show notes. I know that I've seen one of a ventilator and I've seen one of a entire hospital bed. Yeah, that's what I saw. The hospital bed. Somebody was having a bad day. All right, guys. I hope this helps you guys. Uh, Check out freshrn.com for show notes, gear, books, shenanigans, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening and stay fresh. Damn crap, better hit the floor. All the other fellas better run for the door. Stop, drop, and roll with me. I got the heat that'll make you scream.